have found the Genesis Frequency. This is Dr. Stephen J. Kazmina welcoming you in to another episode of a show that focuses on your whole life prosperity and success. Whole life prosperity and success by cooperating with the universal laws that are available to each and every one of us. This is Quantum Leap Goal Achievement, Radical Personal Transformation, Whole Life Prosperity and Success. Now, stay tuned for another exciting episode that'll move the needle in your life from where you are now to where you want to be. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it may be, wherever you are in the world, when you hit that play button, so glad you did. This is indeed Dr. Cause and Effect, Dr. Stephen J. Kazmina coming at you with another episode of the Genesis Frequency. So glad to be with you. So glad you are listening. I am infinitely grateful that you have chosen to listen to this show, where we do indeed look to move the needle in your life when it comes to your personal and professional development and and working with you as an individual, working with small businesses, working with corporate entities and their teams and their executive teams and their frontline teams and and throughout the whole business community. I love love just doing this work. I love doing keynote speaking. I love doing consulting and working one-on-one and workshops and all that stuff. Just love personal and professional development. Hey, today, you know, I was going back and forth between a couple directions I wanted to go in today. And and I have this, you know, I have a lot of books. I have a whole bunch, you know, I have a, a, a pretty substantial library. And and I haven't read everything on there. And, you know, that's it's kind of like a wine cellar, right? You have a wine cellar. Of course you haven't drank all your wines in your wine cellar. They're there. They're aging. They're ready to speak to you at a certain time. Right now I don't drink wine, but I, you know, I know people have wine cellars and they haven't tasted everything in their wine cellars. Well, that's what books are to me. You know, I, do, I acquire them and I, I love being in the energy of personal and professional development books and leadership books and things like that. And I've read a great number of them as well. And there's so much gems, so many gems and so much wisdom in there that I've kept a lot of them that I've read on hand. I remember where things are because I don't really read the books. I study them and I highlight them and I go deep into them. Anyway, that gets me to today. And and I have this little one I've had for a number of years. I really, really really resonate with Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. And he was born in Detroit area, went to Wayne State where I went. And, and you know, I, I heard him a lot on public radio and being a personal development junkie in my younger years. I just always related to him. And I have this little book here, and he's written so many, so, so many, I mean, I don't know, 40 top, 40 bestsellers, I don't know. The list goes on and on. But my point is I have this little book that has just been just been sitting there, and I don't know why I never dove into it. It's just a little book. It's so only about 100 pages, and it's called Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. And I do so much around this. I, I just finally, it's been calling to me. I took it off the shelf, and then I just had it sitting on my desk, and then it's been calling me, oh, pick me up, open me up. And 
I, I did. And, you know, just this, it, each chapter is really short, these 10 secrets for success and inner peace. And he says in the beginning that, hey, these are some of the things he likes to touch on when he's called to do a talk with young people. But he said these really apply to any of us, no matter where we are on this path of life. And and diving into the beginning of it, I can I can certainly see that working myself with individuals and small businesses and corporations. These apply to all of us, no matter where we are. And this is this is simple stuff, simple to to listen to, and maybe comprehend what's being said but maybe a little bit more difficult to apply on a daily basis in our lives. And and part of that reason is the conditioning that I always talk about. You always hear me talking about programming and our stories and living in our stories and living from our paradigms and living from our habits. And I read this first little chapter and I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been, <laughs> that's what I've been saying. So I, I know that Wayne is such a, a part of me, probably from so much exposure to him over the years. You know what? I'm I'm just going to go ahead, and I don't normally like to read on this show. I did read when we did the Power of Awareness, but it's 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 so short. I'm I'm going to uh, let's dive into it and just see what happens. Again, his little book here is called Ten Secrets for Success and in Inner Peace, Doctor Wayne W. Dyer, and the first chapter he dives into is called have a mind this he's calling it the first secrets the title of the chapter and the subtitle is have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing here's what dr dyer says he says having a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing sounds easy until you think about how much conditioning has taken place in your life and how many of your current thoughts were influenced by geography, the religious beliefs of your ancestors, the color of your skin, the shape of your eyes, the political orientation of your parents, your size, your gender, the schools that were selected for you, and the vocation of your great-grandparents, to list only some possibilities." You showed up here as a tiny infant capable of an infinite number of potentialities. Many of your choices remain unexplored because of a hopefully well-intentioned conditioning program designed to make you fit the culture of your caretakers. You probably had next to no opportunity to disagree with the cultural and societal arrangements made for your life. There may have been some adults who encouraged you to have an open mind, but if you're honest with yourself, you know that your philosophy of life, your religious beliefs, your manner of dress, and your language are a function of what your tribe and its heritage determined what was right for you. If you made any fuss about going against this preordained conditioning, you probably heard even stronger voices insisting that you get back in line and do things the way they've always been done. Fitting in superseded having a mind that was open to new ideas. If your parents were Jewish, it's unlikely that you were raised to honor and respect the Muslim religion, and vice versa. If both your parents were Republican, it's improbable that you heard the virtues of the Democratic Party extolled. Whatever the reasons our ancestors may have had for not having open mind, it's true that they inhabited a much less populated world than we do. 
In today's overpopulated world, we simply cannot continue to live with those old styles of closed-mindedness. I urge you to open your mind to all possibilities, to resist any efforts to be pigeonholed, and to refuse to allow pessimism into your consciousness. Having a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing seems to me to be one of the most basic principles that you can adopt to contribute to individual and world peace. No one knows enough to be a pessimist. Find an opportunity to observe a tiny little green sprout emerging from a seed. When you do, allow yourself to feel the awe of what you're seeing. A famous poet named Rumi observed, sell your cleverness and purchase bewilderment. The scene of an emerging sprout represents the beginning of life. No one on this planet has even a tiny clue as to how all of this works. What is that creative spark that causes the life to sprout? What created the observer? The consciousness, the observation, and perception itself. The questions are endless. A short while ago, Earthlings in space program in the space program, were moving a tiny vehicle on Mars via remote control. Invisible signals took 10 minutes to travel through space and arrive to make right turns and instruct a scoop to pick up some Martian real estate to examine. We all marvel at such technological feats. But think about it for a moment. In an endless universe, Mars, our closest neighbor, is the equivalent of moving a billionth of an inch across the page you're reading. We move a little vehicle on a neighbor next door, and we're so impressed with ourselves. There are billions and billions of planets, objects, and stars in our galaxy alone, and there are uncountable billions of galaxies out there. We are a speck in an incomprehensibly vast universe that has no end to it. Think about this. If we found the end, would there be a wall at the edge of the universe? If so, who built it? Even more perplexing, what's on the other side of the wall and how thick is it? How can anyone be a pessimist in a world where we know so little? A heart starts beating inside a mother's womb a few weeks after conception, and it's a total mystery to everyone on our planet. In comparison to what there is to know, we are only embryos. Keep this in mind whenever you encounter those who are absolutely certain that there's only one way to do something. Resist being a pessimist. Resist with all your might because we hardly know anything at all in comparison to what there is to know. Can you imagine what a pessimist who lived only 200 years ago would think about the world we live in? Airplanes, electricity, automobiles, television, remote controls, the internet, fax machines, telephones, cellular phones, and so on, all because of that spark of open-mindedness that allowed progress, growth, and creativity to flourish. And what of the future and all of your tomorrows? Can you picture faxing yourself back to the 14th century? 
flying without machines, telepathically communicating, demolecularizing yourself and rearranging yourself on another galaxy, or cloning a sheep from a photograph of a sheep? An open mind allows you to explore and create and grow. A closed mind seals off any such creative explanation. Remember that progress would be impossible if we always did things the way we always have. The ability to participate in miracles, true miracles in your life, happens when you open your mind to limitless potential. How about that miracle mindset? Refuse to allow yourself to have low expectations about what you're capable of creating. As Michelangelo suggested, the greater danger is not that your hopes are too high and you fail to reach them. It's that they're too low and you do. Have within you an imaginary candle flame that burns brightly regardless of what goes before you. Let this inner flame represent for you the idea that you're capable of manifesting miracles in your life. In every single case of a person experiencing a spontaneous healing or overcoming something that was considered to be impossible, the individual went through a complete reversal of personality. They actually rewrote their own agreement with reality. To experience godlike, spontaneous miracles, you must have a sense of yourself as godlike. The scripture says, with God, all things are possible. Now tell me, what does that leave out? A mind that's open to everything means being peaceful, radiating love, practicing forgiveness, being generous, respecting all life, and most important, visualizing yourself as capable of doing anything that you can conceive of in your mind and heart. Whatever universal law that has ever been utilized to manifest a miracle anywhere, anytime, and in any person is still on the books. It has never been repealed and it never will be. You possess the same energy, the same God consciousness to be a miracle worker but only if you truly believe and know it within yourself. Understand that what you think about expands. As a man thinketh, so is he. If your thoughts are filled with doubt and you have a closed mind, you will of necessity act upon those closed-minded doubts, and you'll see evidence of your thinking virtually everywhere you are. On the other hand, should you decide, and make no mistake about this, it is a choice to have a mind that's open to everything, then you'll act upon that inner energy and you'll be the creator as well as the recipient of miracles wherever you are. You will experience what Walt Whitman meant when he wrote to me, every inch of space is a miracle. All right, here's what being open to everything means. Everything means just what it says, no exceptions. When someone suggests something to you that conflicts with your conditioning, rather than responding with, that's ridiculous, we all know that's impossible, say, I've never considered that before, I'll think about it. Open yourself up to the spiritual ideas of all people and listen with an open mind to crazy schemes and ideas that at first seem to be outrageous. 
if someone suggests that crystals can cure hemorrhoids, that natural herbs can lower cholesterol, that people will eventually be able to breathe underwater, or that levitation is possible, listen and be curious. Let go of your attachments to what you've been trained to believe. Open your mind to all possibilities, because whether you believe something is possible or impossible, either way you'll be right. How can that be true? Your agreement with reality and all that's possible determines what you'll become. If you're convinced that you can't become wealthy, famous, artistic, a professional athlete, a great singer, or whatever you will act upon, or whatever, whatever it is, you will act upon that inner conviction that prevents you from manifesting what you'd really like. And that all that you'll get from your effort is being right. When you need to be right, you're attached to your conditioned reflex of the way things are and always have been, and you assume they always will be. So how about releasing those attachments? The first secret has two components here. A mind that is open to everything and two, a mind that is attached to nothing. Your attachments are the source of all your problems. The need to be right, to possess someone or something, to win at all costs, to be viewed by others as superior. These are all attachments. The open mind resists these attachments and consequently experiences inner peace and success. To release attachments, you have to make a shift in how you view yourself. If your primary identification is with your body and your possessions, your ego is the dominant force in your life. If you can tame your ego sufficiently, you'll call upon your spirit to be the guiding force in your life. As a spiritual being, you can observe your body and be a compassionate witness to your existence. Your spiritual aspect sees the folly of attachments because your spiritual self is an infinite soul. Nothing can make you happy or successful. These are inner constructs that you bring to your world rather than what you receive from it. If you think peaceful thoughts, you'll feel peaceful emotions, and that's what you'll bring to every life situation. If you're attached to being right or absolutely need something in order to be at peace or to be successful, you'll live a life of striving yet never arriving. It's possible to have a burning desire yet not have attachments. You can have an inner vision of what you intend to manifest and still detach yourself from the outcome. How? Consider this observation in A Course in Miracles. Infinite patience produces immediate results. Sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? Infinite patience implies an absolute certainty that what you'd like to manifest will indeed show up in perfect order and exactly on time. The immediate result you receive from this inner knowing is a sense of peace. When you detach from the outcome, you're at peace, and you'll ultimately see the fruits of your convictions. Suppose you had a choice between two magic wands. With wand A, you can have a physical thing, any physical thing you desire, by simply waving it. 
with Juan B., you can have a sense of peace for the rest of your life, regardless of what circumstances arise. Which would you pick? A guarantee of stuff or inner peace for the remainder of your life? If you opt for peace, then you already have Juan B. Simply have a mind that is open to everything but attached to nothing. Let it all come and go as it will. Enjoy it all, but never make your happiness or success dependent on an attachment to anything, any place, and particularly any person. In all of your relationships, if you can love someone enough to allow them to be exactly what they choose to be without any expectations or attachments from you, you'll know true peace in your lifetime. True love means you love a person for what they are, not for what you think they should be. This is an open mind and an absence of attachment. All right, that wasn't too bad. We're right on time here. And, you know, that's so true, to, 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 loose, to loosen up those attachments. And I talk about this all the time when I'm training and co coaching and consulting and working with individuals and companies is that we have to let go of the attachment to outcome. If we have that, that willful, I mean, that stubborn attachment to an outcome and things don't go exactly the way we want them to go, then we, we risk, run the risk, especially if we're participating in a high level, we run that risk of, of feeling like, like the victim. We have to loosen up. We have to open our mind. We have to, to consider everything. And that's why I, I love the practice of meditation and mindfulness meditation and, and just being fully present in the moment of now because one of the aspects of, of mindfulness is, is losing that attachment to be in that field of uncertainty, to be in that place where there is no attachment, to be in that place of non-judgment, to let go of the need to be right, to just let it be, to move into that place and space of inner peace. Great words today. We'll have more commentary as we move on. I don't know if we'll go through the whole thing. I kind of whet your appetite a little bit. Leave that notes in the comment section and uh, let me know what you think. We can keep going with this. They're, they're not too long and uh, there's only 10 of them, so we could make this a, a little mini-series and keep going with that. Let me know. Uh, other than that, I want to remind you that, hey, I love having conversations with my listeners, free just conversations, discussions, discovery calls, whatever you want to call them. We'll get on a call and, and hey, take a look at what it is you want to experience in your life, what would satisfy any longing and discontent you may feel. And uh, we'll look at, hey, why are you stuck? Why haven't you experienced it yet? Well, I bet you we can put our finger on it right away. And number three, we'll get you going on a plan that will move you in the direction of all you wish to experience in your life free calls, or we can just talk about what you want for you and what you want for perhaps your company, your small business, your organization, and tailor, tailor a plan for, for your work environment, for your professional life. I can come in and do keynote talks and workshops and things like that. So, hey, let's just have a conversation and talk about it, just a friendly conversation, free, and uh, no, nothing attached, no attachment to any specific outcome. You can get on my schedule by going to successappointment.com, successappointment, all one word, dot com. 
It'll show up in your time zone. Pick a time slot and we'll get on a call. Put in the notes here what uh, direction you want to take that call. Or go to my website, successocean.com. Or email me, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at successocean.com. I'd love to speak with you and hopefully we can do that real soon. Hey, for now, this is Dr. Cause and Effect, Dr. Stephen J. Cosmina, wishing you an infinitely spectacular day. And I want to thank you again for listening to the Genesis Frequency. God bless you.